photographs and memories. A travel market life series sponsored by Atomize. My memory maker today is Dimitri Bagrov. Dimitri is Managing Director of Data Art UK, a global consultancy group. He has grown Data Art's London office from a skeleton presence to a full technology consultancy with 30 senior staff who between them manage teams that collectively exceed 500 people. He has over 20 years of experience in digital transformation across multiple industries, including travel. He is passionate about digital innovation, entrepreneurship, and Star Wars. Photographs and memories. Dimitri Bagrov, welcome to Photographs and Memories. Thank you, Michael. Before we explore the stories behind the photographs and the souvenirs, uh, please tell me how you came to work in the travel industry. How I came to work in the travel industry. Um, I think the uh, short explanation is via side entrance or trades entrance. Uh, I actually, um, I actually have been working in technology pretty much all my career, um, particularly in the last 20, 20 odd years since um, joining uh, DataArt. Um, so that's basically my route into, into travel via technology and application of technology for variety of projects, clients, uh, systems. I, when I started, uh, a lot of the things were still done. Technology was still an afterthought. Um, where we are now, pretty much 100% of everything is using technology in one shape or form. Um, but yeah, so technology is, uh, is was, and uh, I think will be my entry point to travel and uh, hopefully many other industries. And now, did you did you work for Data Art in Russia before moving to the UK, or did was was the UK your first experience with with Data Art? Um, so, I uh, I started working in IT quite early. Um, so my my first job, uh, believe it or not, my first job was actually um, an assistant uh, in an internet cafe. Uh, my responsibility that was back in Saint Petersburg, Russia, in the in the early nineties, and uh, that was the first internet cafe in Saint Petersburg. And my job was to work as a translator. So I was uh, translating emails that people wanted to send to English-speaking correspondents um, from Russian to English. Uh, I, I had a somewhat more detailed view into human psyche than I might have wanted to, uh, but that was an interesting experience. And uh, after that, I worked in, um, in in several companies, and then I joined DataArt uh, almost exactly 21 years ago in 2000. And I have been with DataArt ever since. The, uh, the whole UK angle came um, fairly early in my career in, uh, in DataArt, around 2001, when uh, DataArt uh, decided to start operating in the UK because of my fascination with London and, um, and you know, UK in general, I just latched onto that opportunity, and um, here I am, you know, 20 years later. Yeah, we'll come to your your London story because I, I think you've got a, a picture of London that you're going to share with us. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to, you know, having joined Data Art in 2000, you've pretty much been at the forefront or must have seen some really interesting things in technology as it's evolved from from then to where we are now can you 
um, mention or highlight some of the most significant moments for you? I think there's several angles or streams uh, you might want to look at um, when, you, when you think about technology and travel in particular. I think one of probably sort of more ideological angle is how technology actually came to be uh, in the travel space. Because I remember when I started my career and when I um, had, um, when, when we did first events in London years and years ago, and uh, if you remember, there was a Swiss Hotel, the Howard near Temple. Uh, we had a very interesting panel where we had people from traditional travel agents, which were just basically high street uh, shops. And uh, there was someone from um, one of the online uh, travel agents. And I remember the gentleman from the high street shop saying, no, 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 people still want to come to the high street and book their flight and the hotel and everything via person. And I vividly recall that back then you could you could you could very clearly see who in the audience is of a sort of a geeky generation because they were sniggering, and uh, the uh, who was uh, who was from the other part of, of of the industry, and they actually thought that's completely normal. And then fast forward it two or three years, things changed dramatically. So even if you look at two thousand ten and two thousand six. The difference couldn't be more stark. So that, that's you know that's one thing. But I think probably the most single important thing technology-wise that happened uh, in travel is the smartphones. The ability to deliver data and consume data almost without any regard to where the users are. Uh, the ability to pinpoint their location to a various degree, depending on you know privacy settings and everything, but still the ability to tailor the data to that particular person in that particular moment of time in that particular geography or town or even street. I mean, that's absolutely turned the whole industry upside down. Yeah, fascinating stuff. So let's turn to your first photograph. Uh, it's of a Hammersmith Bridge, which is actually my favorite bridge in London. But tell me about the significance for you. So, yeah, um, well, there's uh, there's two aspects there. I mean, ever since I, I started working with, uh, with the UK and started spending time in, in London, uh, people were asking me, so do you see a lot of fog in London? How's London fog? And I and I, and I was I was explaining. I mean, I'm tired of explaining. Actually, that's in all my life here. I've maybe seen the fog once or twice, and I actually had to wake up really early uh, to witness that. So that photograph, uh, on one hand, uh, it's it's one of those rare cases when there was a fog, and uh, it made the uh, whole um, the whole picture really sort of eerie and. Uh, Romantic to, to a certain degree, but the second uh, the second angle is uh, Barnes and and then Hammersmith is uh, where I landed when I when I started spending significant time in the UK in London. That's where all my friends were. Uh, I consider that as uh, almost like my you know small motherland in, uh, in in London. That's my home area. Um, 
that was when you know my my, my first local pub was there um getting absolutely drunk in london that's where that happened um my first apartment i ever rented was uh, somewhere in, in in that area our office was on one side of the bridge and uh, my apartment was on the other side and i remember that if i if i were to lean out of the window with my laptop i could actually catch office wi-fi uh so that was uh, uh that, that was uh so this is just generally this area is is something that I feel very very close connection with. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of London. I I love the greenery and the river and uh, the history. It's 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 wonderful. Now you grew up in Russia, and you've been living in the in the UK for nearly twenty years. Or in fact, over twenty years. How important has the that combination of growing up in a foreign country and then immigrating? Uh, how, how important has that been to developing you as a person and sort of creating who you are today? Um, to be completely precise, I actually grew up uh, in Ukraine and Russia. So I was born in Ukraine. And uh, when I was uh, seven, my family moved from Ukraine to St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, I started, I mean, I, I live permanently in the UK for the last 11 years, but I started working with the UK in back in 2001 so being uh, an outsider um, a foreigner allowed me i think to maybe perceive a lot of things slightly differently uh, i see I, ca I can i can see the behavior uh, i can uh, i can see the differences between different societies i can see the uh, i mean if you grew up in the uk you you pretty much familiar with you know the social structure and different classes i had to learn that there's there's a fantastic book uh, called watching the english uh, by um, an author uh, kate fox uh, so she is uh, an anthropologist uh, like you know and uh, she decided at some point that it would be really interesting to apply all the scientific methods used to study different societies in you know, the jungles of Amazonia or in uh, in Sahara or, or doesn't matter where to, to 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 English and the book is brilliant I mean I I actually recommend it to every single person who comes to live here uh, I think in a lot of ways the reason I love London and I love living in the UK is many things which are normal uh, for the society here are things which I actually enjoy a lot. I mean, playing by the rules, queuing, I, I think that's the right thing to do, you know, not taking yourself seriously. I haven't been serious about myself for a single day in my entire life. Um, all the other things, I, I just feel very comfortable here. Yeah, and it's a great melting pot. I'm also a, a foreigner uh, that's lived in London for many years, and I, I think the the real sort of cosmopolitan fabric of the of the city makes it very, very much home from home. I think anyone from anywhere can find can find a place in in London. Uh, not not unlike the travel industry. I mean, you must have had ex similar experiences working within travel, just meeting so many people from so many diverse backgrounds and cultures. Yes, yes, definitely. I think um, travel is uh, unique in a way that. Uh, 
on the surface, travel and hospitality is something that uh, a lot of people think is very simple. I mean, what could be more simple than booking a hotel, right? Or booking a flight. Uh, what could be more simple than um, renting a car and, and traveling from one city to another? I mean, current situation not uh, taken into account because things changed. Hopefully, will change back to more or less normal at some point. But um, so, on the surface, anyone can do travel. When you actually, so the, the so the entry point is fairly low. But once you start looking, once you actually start digesting what it means to book a flight, where all the data comes from, uh, what it means to book a hotel, what kind of things the hotel actually needs to do to confirm your booking, you realize that the complexity of the industry, I mean, it, it probably is on the same level as financial industry. And probably more because I think travel is a lot less regulated in many regards. And uh, so the regulatory approach does help to normalize the behavior of certain systems in the industry. Travel is not regulated to the same extent as uh, gaming, for example, or, or financial services. And that means there's so much underlying complexity and there's so much you need to take into account if you do a very simple thing like uh, booking a hotel. Let's let's turn to your next photograph. Uh, clearly, someone in your in your family is a, is an expert photographer because it's a beautiful shot of a sailboat on a still sea uh, at sunset. Tell me the story behind this one. Um, not me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a photographer. Actually, the first picture of the of the bridge was uh, was also not me, um, or uh, it, it was it was taken by my wife, who's the uh, photographer in the family, and uh, in general the person with artistic eye. Um, that place, uh, that's Italy, uh, not too far from Sorrento, and. Uh, the the significance of this picture is uh, you know you have your bucket list of things to do and places to go and you always think there's that you know oh I'm, I'm i'm still 20 i'm still 30 i'm still 40 i'm still 50 60 is the new 50 70 is the new 40 uh and you never actually get around to doing all those things that you want to do going there was actually one of the things we really wanted to do because of the sunset. I mean, it, this particular piece of uh, coast uh, is is famous for fantastic views and, and, and absolutely wonderful sunsets and sunrises, but we're not really very morning people, so we have to do with sunsets. Um, and, and that was, um, we actually decided at some point that there's no time like now. Let's just do it, let's just go. Uh, so my son was, um, uh, my son was uh, four, I think, uh, at the time, and uh, we just at some point decided that why are we delaying that? Let's just book a trip, rent a car, and and, and just fly there, and and see all the all those beautiful sunsets, um, you know, firsthand. And then that was one of the best decisions we ever made. We since then we realized that 
we shouldn't really delay that. I mean, if we have time for holidays, let's just go somewhere we really, really want to go. Not delay it until some murky point in the future where it might be the right time. There's no right time, okay? The right time is now. If we could, do, if we can do it, let's do it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we're actually uh, fast running out of time, so let's let's go to your third photograph, which is the one of California, another beautiful seascape. Tell me about that one. Um, I just realized, uh, speaking with you, that none of those pictures actually contain any people, <laughs> so, um, which is interesting. I, I wonder what it tells someone about me. Um, yeah, so that's Californian coast. That's um, uh, Piscadera, I think, if, if, if I remember correctly. Uh, the significance of that place is uh, I don't... I don't picture myself living in the US uh, for, for, for a number of reasons. Uh, but if I was to pick a place to be in, in, in the States, it would have been California. Just because it's absolutely breathtaking. Uh, it has almost everything you might want. There's trees, deserts, ocean, mountains, everything. Uh, and uh, also the, the uh, you know the, the second part of which, which makes this picture significant is a very old friend of mine who we started business in the UK together at some point moved to California and uh, that was uh, the trip I did was um, uh, with with a, with, a, with a school but uh, um, I got a chance to actually spend a couple of days with him. And uh, in the modern world, or at least as it was until last year, uh, actually spending time with your friends, especially the ones who knew you when, you know, 20 years back, uh, is, is, I mean, it's priceless. You cannot really overestimate that. We are nearly out of time. Uh, so thank you very much for sharing your photographs and memories. But before we wrap up, I know you brought a souvenir along with you. Um, it, it's your only photograph of a of a of a living creature, or, or not, <laughs> maybe. Well, Please tell me about that one. Um, it's a cat. It's a toy cat. Uh, it's uh, it's a favorite cat or favorite toy of my daughter, who is five. And the uh, peculiarity or, or or significance, if you will, of this particular toy is that no one in our family actually remembers where we got it. All the other toys, we actually can say, yeah, we bought this in St. Petersburg, or we bought this on a ferry from Stockholm to Helsinki, or that one came from my trip to Italy. This particular cat, at some point, just made itself present in the family and completely took my daughter captive, like a proper cat, you know, that's what cats do. So I think, um, yeah, uh, that's why it's significant, because I think, it just it just came to be, and uh, it's uh, it's it's part of the family. As as funny as it is to say about a toy, it's almost like it's a real cat. And still with you today? Yes, yeah, yeah, very much so. Fantastic, Dimitri. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Once again, thank you very much for sharing your photographs and memories. Thank you, Michael. It's absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Photographs and Memories, sponsored by Atomize, produced by Haynes Marcoms as a Travel Market Life series. For more, visit travelmarket.life.